what do I define about growing up? You know what I'm saying? Like feeling better, living better, better location. What he failed to tell you was when you're on my time, I can reclaim it. I, he left that out, so I'm reclaiming my time. Please, you respond. Are you rooting for tonight? I'm rooting for um everybody black. Betting on black tonight. I'm sorry for the realness. Hey everybody, it's Whitney from WhitneyDanielle.com and NetworkAndSpill.com, and I'm pretty excited, per usual, about this episode. We've got a very special guest who I met not too long ago. I want to say it's been maybe like six months. I met her at a conference, and I actually was part of her workshop. I attended her workshop that she did, and it was a super interesting topic, so we're going to get into that. But this guest is somebody who I've been communicating with since November, and we've had lots of really cool conversations. She just seems really, really cool, and the work that she does is super unique. So the name of my guest, her name is Corinne Zmoose, and she's on social media, if you have your phone out, as crescendo.communication, and crescendo for those of you who are like, I don't know, it's this SCC. It's C-R-E-S-C-E-N-D-O dot communication. That's her IG page. Follow her now. She always has the best posts and IG story stuff. But anyway, Corinne is a, she's a speech pathologist and also a children's musician. She does a lot of musical stuff as well as, like I said, she's a workshop attendee. She's a presenter. She has a lot of different work around speech and just different kind of pediatric programming work, obviously speech therapy and I don't know, music classes and performing. I mean, it's all, all over the map. Her resume is all over the map and it's so interesting watching her do her thing online. So for sure, add her now. Um, I wanted to talk about a couple of things with Corinne. I know right now we've got this whole pandemic issue happening and a lot of us are freaking out. And what I learned from the workshop that we did um, I learned a lot, but one of the things I took away was just how powerful our voices are and how powerful our our throat area is when it comes to trauma and speaking up for ourselves and our emotions and things that we're going through. So we're really, this is a really good time to have her on. So I'm really excited that the timing worked out, but I want you to meet her for yourself. Corinne, thank you so much for being here. Whitney, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Yay. Okay. So... Tell us, if you remember, what the title was for your workshop where I met you at Behold Her in D.C. Absolutely. So in November, I feel like we were really lucky to be in that same room together. I was hosting a workshop called The Larynx Keeps the Score, and that's a riff of of a pretty famous title, um, where I wanted to share with a group of women in the DMV about what happens when we store our emotions, and our trauma in a place that we don't often give a lot of credit. And I think we had some really powerful discussions and some people in that room walked away with some pretty big revelations about themselves. Yeah, that conference was amazing. And I really loved that workshop because you literally taught me about the larynx and like what it looks like and the different parts and different tricks to massage the area and to calm it down. And I just, it was so cool. I have never been to a workshop like that. Obviously I'm not in, you know, like the medical profession where I go to workshops where you would kind of learn um, anatomical type stuff, but this was super relevant to a lot of women and to a lot of people who want to use their voice, want to speak up or just want to own who they are. So I'd love to hear how you got into 
being a speech pathologist and working with people and stuff like that? That's a great question. Um, I've been singing since I think my mom said I was two and I was singing in a gas station and she knew that there was something special there. But I quickly learned growing up that being a singer, being a songwriter, it was one of those things that people kind of furrowed their brow and said, well, don't you want to be able to pay the bills one day? And that really got in my head, unfortunately. And so I looked in different directions. How can I meet this need to connect with others through the voice, through melody, through joy and play? while also knowing that I'm financially taken care of. And one day I was walking through my undergrad campus and I noticed this speech lab. I'd never noticed it before. And I decided to look up the courses on the website and see what does it take to go into this field? And I couldn't believe that they had designed this curriculum just for me. It was acoustics and neurodevelopment and intercultural exchange and working with children and sound and all these things that I already loved so much packaged into a profession that I knew could take care of me for the rest of my life. And from there, I haven't looked back. It's been an incredible journey of learning all the really beautiful and hard parts of being uh, a scientist, being a speech pathologist. Um, And what's funny is that by going into this field and moving away from the music that I wanted to make, it's brought me back to being a musician as well and really connecting to what my voice can do and how I can take that voice and use it to heal others. So what is, I guess, a a day in the life? Because I see you on IG and you're working with kids and you're singing and you're performing and sometimes you do workshops, but tell me what your day-to-day life looks like or what your schedule kind of consists of? I'm very curious. Sure. So my daily routine is that I am a speech pathologist in something called early intervention. Early intervention is a national mandate where every state in the District of Columbia is required to have a program that serves children from birth to three years old if they have a qualifying delay or diagnosis. Some examples of that are autism spectrum disorder, Down syndrome, uh, speech and language delay, things like that, that we know based on research are going to impact them later in life. And so early intervention, what happens is based on the delays or disorder that a child has, they're paired with a therapist or multiple therapists to help the family meet those needs. Uh, So what I do is I work at a daycare that is inclusion-based. And I meet with teachers and that child in the classroom to coach them on ways to meet the goals for communication and participation without really changing what their, uh, their daily routine. It's about seeing what are they doing in that moment? How can we enhance it? How can we inject strategies, evidence-based strategies into what they're already doing? And so a lot of my day is working with children with autism spectrum disorder. It's helping do evaluations to get them devices to communicate with. It's working very closely with parents to make sure that they feel really confident that they are good communication partners and that they have a voice um, and that they can advocate for what they need. And so you work with, so you work with children and you work with adults. And then outside of that, I saw that your, your link in your bio or part of your bio says book a consult. So tell me about what it's like working with people who book consults and who would be kind of the right person to click that link. 
Definitely. Um, so a consultation can be for a variety of things with crescendo communication. It's definitely for pediatric speech therapy. If you have a child who has a delay or disorder and you want support with communication, that's where a consult would be great. What I love doing with adults, especially working with women, is being able to help them discover what's possible in their voice box. I think a lot of us take for granted what's going on in our voice. It's something that many people hear every day, and they don't really think about what goes on inside the structures in their neck. And really teaching women beyond those structures, beyond what they can feel, the connections of the larynx to the parts of the brain that we talk about in a lot of the workshops and I talk about in my sessions with clients. There's a huge connection between the larynx and the emotion center of the brain, the fear center of the brain. And I don't know if you remember, but during the workshop where we were together, there were some tears brought up for some people by by having a conversation with their larynx for the first time, maybe in their life, it released a lot of tension, uh, a lot of emotion that's been hiding there. And so through my consultations and through my sessions, I like to have um, people explore what could be hiding there, maybe even decades worth of memories, and then working with them to let go. That's so cool. Yeah, it's so cool. And listening to you in your workshop, I remember I did like a a question at the end. I was just or like a comment at the end, and I think I thanked you for showing up and for doing this work because it was so you could clearly tell that you were really really into it and on like multiple levels. And you even almost got choked up at one point talking about your friends and how they inspired you to continue down this path, because obviously this is something that not a lot of people are talking about, but that a lot of us are experiencing. So yeah, a lot of people in that room were were very intrigued and some of them had some things that they needed to look into and and go deeper into because they they had that kind of story there. And sometimes you know that it's there and sometimes you don't. So I think that's very, 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 very interesting. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about how you go into like the anatomy part of it. So we right now, we're going to talk about anatomy. We right now have this whole thing. Everybody's stressed out and everybody's freaking out. So tell me a little bit about how you're dealing with it and how you're dealing with um, helping people through that as well. In terms of the pandemic? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I definitely feel myself putting my stress, my uncertainty, my fear into my larynx. You can hear it in my voice right now. You hear how at the end of words, it's getting cracky and crickety. So there's this thing that happens with the larynx. It's actually, it's funny. We think of the larynx and the voice box, we think of it as being the thing that talks and the thing that sings, when actually its first job is to close and protect. It is the thing that closes off and protects the lungs. And so when the body perceives a danger or a threat, and that can come through emotion and fear and anxiety, what happens is that closure pattern is activated. The larynx kind of is too good at its job. It says, all right, don't worry. I can tell there's a red alert going on. Don't worry, rest of the body. I got this. I'm going to tighten up just in case there's something dangerous going on. And then what happens is all those muscles are so activated that it ends up really impacting the way that the voice sounds and putting a lot of tension there. 
And so that's what's been happening with me um, since the the fear around the pandemic has been ramping up. I feel my voice getting tighter. It's harder to speak. It's harder to express myself. And so the way to handle that is by implementing the strategies that I use with my own clients. Um, I'm my own worst patient, let me tell you. Um, I definitely need to be putting my own strategies and advice um, into better working order so that I can experience the relief that I try and uh, provide to others. Um, but it's it's an intense time right now. There's so much uncertainty and I'm seeing it so much in the small business community in the community of servers and those who work in the service industry, um, in single parents, uh, parents uh, with, in, with low SES who are so unsure about the future. And I can only imagine the amount of tension and fear that they're putting into their voices without even knowing it. How are you dealing with things going on? You know, it's been this like ebb and flow almost. And I, I saw something and, you know, I... <laughs> I do, I follow a lot of businesses as well, small businesses, entrepreneurs, and there are a lot of people posting, you know, use this time to get stuff done, to go finish that book, to do this, to finish that, to, to think about this, to build your business, to build your brand. And then I saw, and I, I was like, okay, sure, sure. And then I, I kept scrolling and I saw something else that was like, no, you don't have to feel pressure to get it all done. You can relax. You can be, you can deal with what's going on right now. Um, and so that was really powerful seeing that. And it kind of gave me permission to chill a bit and to let myself navigate this the best way that I need to navigate it. And on top of that, I saw something else that for me was really, I don't know, it was really interesting, but it was also about the the self-care bit because I wasn't nervous at first. Like I wasn't stressed. I was like, no, it's going to be fine. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> And it was like, it kind of hit me and I was like, okay, this is real. And then I got, I got anxious and my anxiety just went from zero to 60. And that was on Monday and I, I struggled and then it's been kind of going down, but it's just, you know, and it's an up and down sort of roller coaster as we progress and, and try to get more information and in, in details. But yeah, I mean, my voice, I feel like has been in and out. At least it was last week. Mm. I had I had a couple of times where I almost couldn't even record. I couldn't record on Wednesday, and then I struggled a bit on uh, Monday to feel able to record. And I don't know. I, I don't typically have that issue, mm. so I don't know. Maybe that is why. Maybe. Yeah. All right. Well. <laughs> I almost feel like there's been a release just talking about it, right? I think we need to to talk about it. So can you talk a little bit about why talking and kind of letting that out? Is it, how does that work with your, your throat area, with your larynx being able to, is it like a release of sorts? Is there some kind of a, a, a connection between your mind body there? Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, I can't say that that's my area of expertise. I think that goes more into a psychologist's role through talk therapy and things like that. All I know is my personal experience in terms of uh, the psychological impact on me. And I'm a firm believer in the phrase, if you name it, you can tame it. There's something about laying it all on the table in my personal experience and creating boundaries around feelings. When you experience emotion in your body that you haven't experienced before, you know, and I don't think either of us have lived through a pandemic before. So we've never had these specific emotions. 
we don't yet have words for them. We don't yet have a framework for this. And so I kind of imagine, if you imagine the outline of a body and the experience of this emotion is like a scribbly black line inside, kind of like if a child drew a scribbly black line in there with crayon. And that's what these emotions feel like. And then for me, what it feels like is when I talk and when I express these things, all of that squiggly black color comes out and comes out into a straight line through the mouth and through the larynx. So by talking, it straightens out all these feelings that I'm having, and then I can much better process them. Yeah. And I think for some people, writing helps them do that. Mm. Um, And they get that sort of same release. I know that works for me quite a bit. Um, I read this one book about this lady who talked a lot about writing first thing and how doing this like memory dump or brain dump sort of with words on paper was a very cathartic and just powerful way to get through your day. Mm. And I thought that was really interesting. And I, I did it. And I absolutely will say it was almost like I had nothing to complain about. It was like, I already talked about it. So, you know, I voiced my opinions and I, I kind of got it out and I didn't feel the need to revisit a lot of the topics. Um, so it was really a powerful sort of exercise. If anybody is dealing with this, maybe they don't want to talk about it or they don't feel like they have anybody that they trust enough to talk about it. Or maybe you are going to talk therapy and your therapist's office is closed and you had to postpone your appointment, then try writing. I think writing could be really powerful. So I know that you had an event, speaking of cancellations and closures, you had an event coming up in the DC area. I think it was a femme fatale event. Yes, it was. Yeah. I was really looking forward to having my first event at the iconic Femme Fatale. Um, But all of their events have been canceled. Um, And so what I've decided to do is do virtual voice work sessions on a donation basis. Right now, I can imagine that a lot of the people feeling the most tension and stress are the ones who are really man- trying to manage their finances and plan. And so this is completely donation-based, pay what you can. I just want people to be able to access these strategies. And so every single evening for the foreseeable future, from 7 to 8 p.m., I am opening up my Google Hangouts. Um, they are very private. They are actually HIPAA compliant. Um, so these sessions are available Uh, either individually or in groups for people to come learn about their voice, find the tension that's hiding there and learn ways to unlock it so that we can add another tool to your toolbox. I don't claim to be the answer to any, anything. I claim to be another tool in everyone's self-care toolbox. And so if anyone is interested in joining those sessions, I'm happy to share the information because I want people to be able to access these resources in uncertain times, learn more about their body, and figure out maybe where they've been putting the stress and emotion for the past week or maybe the past few decades. Absolutely. And I will link all of this in my show notes. So if you're listening and you're not sure where to go, um, again, make sure you're following Corinne on social media. Um, But if you go to networkandspill.com and you go into the show notes, I have a little blurb for every single episode and I always put the links there. So all of her links will be there, but the link for the Google Hangouts will be there as well um, or whatever link that will get you to that. Um, I will put all that in the show notes. But I did want to ask you, you mentioned having a toolbox 
and as like a self-care toolbox. So I'm very curious, what is in your self-care toolbox and maybe how has that changed or have you added more tools within the last couple of weeks because of what's going on or have you taken some out and swapped them? Tell us what's in your self-care toolbox. My toolbox, well, first of all, it is definitely bright pink, um, but it's not used as much as I would like to tell you it's used. I'm definitely good at giving strategies and not as good at using them. But the ones that are in there, albeit not used enough, you mentioned writing. And I think a lot of people hear writing and they might freeze up and say, I, I can't write paragraphs. I can't write prose. And something I recommend if you feel like the concept of writing is too daunting is a gratitude list. The research on gratitude is huge. It changes the brain. And so if writing a paragraph or writing a page is too much for you, try writing down three things right now. Do it right now or in the morning or right before bed. Three things you are unconditionally grateful for. And my challenge to you is to write down three things that you can't buy. And that's a little bit of a challenge, but it makes you notice the things in your life that are so good. And it just rewires your brain. It's really powerful. So gratitude lists are one thing in my toolbox. Another thing is singing. Singing has been, that was my my first love language. And so I try and start the day by playing guitar and singing. I try and write a song every day if I can. Uh, Just like writing helps you, uh, songwriting helps me quite a bit. And then spending time with my dog. Let me tell you, that fluffy guy has got some magic powers. Um, But spending time with creatures um, that love you unconditionally, whether that is an animal or a child or a dear friend, unconditional regard and love is is a form of self-care for me. Seeking out people and children and animals who are so healing. So those are the three main things in my toolbox for sure. How about you? Mm. <laughs> I like how you're you're uh, you're pinging these back to me. This is fun. So I I will definitely say the writing helps, um, but like you said before, I don't always write. Um, not as much as I would like to, and not into the detail that I would like to go. Although, if you ask me about my journal collection, I will tell you I've got a lot of journals. I love collecting them. Uh, but I will say music too. I don't play anymore. I used to play the the saxophone. I was obsessed with the saxophone from like a little kid all the way through. And I played, I played my butt off for many, many, many years. And I love the saxophone. I love a lot of different musicians and, and instruments and genres and stuff, but I love music too. And I love driving. I love cars. That's been kind of one of my, my passions. So sometimes my mom is the same way. Like sometimes we just need to drive and as much as premium fuel costs as, you know, carbon footprints that you feel guilty. Sometimes there's something really powerful about driving and, um, you have your fluffy guy. I used to have a guy, he wasn't fluffy, but he was small and he was like my bestie and he would do that too. And kind of give me that love. And, and he would look at me straight in the eye. And it was just like we were communicating in some weird dog human language that made complete sense. And, so yeah, I think animals are are great. And sometimes you don't have to know them. I actually drove yesterday. I was leaving my friend's house and I was driving through. I had to take the scenic route because she lives in a part of town where it's easier for me to get to my house by taking the long, or it's not long, but it's the scenic route. And there are these long, like 
country, two-lane roads. And I saw so many horses and I got so excited. And seeing them, it just, it literally made my my day. Like it made me happier seeing the horses and they were just chilling. None of them looked stressed. None of them were worried. None of them were scrambling to go to Wegmans <laughs> to get groceries. They were just standing there and chilling. They're just chilling. And that sense of like calm really it really got to me. So yeah, there's so many things in my self-care toolbox. It's like a lot of other boxes I have with goodies in there, lots of stuff. And I think people who are listening, maybe if there's something that you haven't tried yet that you want to try, or there's something in your toolbox that you haven't reached for in a while, this is a really good time to do that. I saw a lot of people who had you know, self-care how-to posts, right? Things that you could do during this time, making homemade face masks and meditating or, you know, sitting with your cat by the window, sipping some tea. Like there's so many things that you can do to to feel better. Um, so I love that. I love that. It's such a fun question. Okay. So I do, I do want to talk a little bit about people who maybe feel like they don't have a strong enough voice. So if you're struggling with speaking up for yourself, maybe it's in your business, maybe it's in some of your personal relationships, how do you try, or would you have any tips for somebody who just feels like they need a boost or they could use, they could turn up the volume that's a good analogy. I like that. They could turn up the volume. How do you turn up the volume when you want to speak up more? It's a great question. I love coaching, especially women, on using certain types of voicing in the professional world. One of the first things I like to work with women on is working on buzzwords and working on opening phrases that create a lot of, a lot of confidence. I think what happens a lot, and when I think back on my professional interactions from early in my career, or even when I was in school, I used a lot of language that would try and make me come across as smaller or less imposing, or like I was asking less. So th- saying things like, hey, I'm really sorry to ask this, but, or um, this is only going to take a minute, but setting people up, not to give you everything you need. You know what I mean? And even phrases like that, you know what I mean? So I like to do a lot of coaching, helping women try and move away from using those phrases that diminish our message and coaching them and practicing and getting that muscle memory for coming in, coming in kind of hot, coming in strong and saying, I have something I'd like to discuss today. I mean, that has quite an impact that gets people listening And also coaching women on how to remove words from their language, those fillers that we use to, it's not even to create pauses or to think, it's to diminish our message in a way, to make us seem like we're less imposing as women, that we are taking up less space, not ruffling any feathers. And I'm a big believer in ruffling feathers for better or for worse. And so taking out words like just and kinda and like, and I've had some really successful coaching experiences and watching the women I'm coaching completely transform the way they communicate, not only with their coworkers, not only with their boss, but watching them communicate on Instagram stories. And within a month, seeing that when they're going live, they're no longer using those justs and those likes and those kindas and those ums and those I means. They're getting right to the point. They're getting their message across and their business is growing because of it. The way we use our voice 
has a huge impact on the way that people perceive us. The way we choose our words has a huge impact on the way that we're perceived personally and professionally. So those buzzwords and those strong lead-in phrases completely transform the way that uh, people perceive you. So those are the two, those are two things that I would definitely recommend. And I agree. I think that the way that you speak, obviously, it, it, I don't think people realize how, just how powerful it is when you, you know, just like when you speak negatively, I'm, I'm actually reading a book right now called The Body Is Not An Apology. Mm. And it's by Sonia Reese. Oh, I forgot her last name, but I'll, I'll tag it in my, um, my show notes. It's amazing. If you just go to Amazon and type in the bodies on an apology, you will find it. You will find Sonia Reese on social media. She is incredible. But one of the things that she talked about was how when we are around other people and we basically hate on our bodies that, or we complain about our bodies, especially like being overweight. Oh, you know, I'm so, I just, I'm so big. I'm so fat. I'm so this, I'm so whatever it is. Like my skin is just so horrible. When you say things like that, the people around you start to wonder and start to feel like you would maybe feel that way about them as well. And it makes them kind of self-conscious. So you being self-conscious is very contagious and it makes people wonder the way that you speak matters. Because if you speak poorly to yourself, you're probably speaking poorly to other people, right? Not always, but sometimes. And um, the book was just really interesting because I have felt that. I felt that where somebody was complaining, somebody who's so skinny was complaining. When I say skinny, I mean like the traditional sense of skinny, right? She was so skinny. She was complaining about being overweight and this is and this. And I'm like, wow, if you think you're overweight, like I wonder, right? Mm-hmm. That's the thought. And it's just, it's, it's, you have to be careful because it's very powerful what you say and how people take that information. Some people could have taken it a completely different way. Like, wow, she's really delusional. She thinks she's, you know, or wow, blah, 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 blah. Everybody kind of takes things differently, but you have to be aware and mindful of how what you say is, I guess, taken back or received. And um, I think this is a really important lesson to learn. And I agree. I think those are great tips and I will link those or list a couple of those in the, in the show notes as well, just so people can see them. Now, when you're working with people, I'm curious, I, I know you've met a lot of different types of folks with different backgrounds and stuff like that. Who is your favorite client to work with or, or what kind of issues do you really like you just feel like you can do it with your eyes closed and, you know, in the dark with no, with no tools, no nothing. Like it just naturally comes up. What does your dream client or dream situation look like? It's funny because my dream clients and the ones I love working with most are the clients I wish didn't exist. I wish that women didn't have trauma. I wish that women didn't have emotional and sexual trauma, uh, that they're coming to me with. And again, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a mental health professional. But when we talk about the voice and we talk about the larynx, there are things there that I can definitely help with. When women come and they discover through the process of voice work that they have unresolved trauma or they have things they thought they'd moved on from or thought that they'd had tackled that are still being stored. Those are the clients I love working with most. And again, I wish those clients didn't exist, but I feel very lucky that I have the chance to be a part of that healing and a part of their story and engage in the counseling around a communication 
challenge. Uh, counseling is one of the things I love doing most in my profession. Um, counseling as it relates to communication. And working with women who are able to name what they previously didn't see or feel. Name the things that they thought were left behind a decade or two ago, or maybe even a week ago, and work through it with strategies that they never would have imagined. That how could humming in a certain way help me address this? How could moving the structures in my neck in a certain way help me heal? And how can breathing in a certain way help me heal? So those are the clients I really look forward to most because being a part of that healing journey is one of the most meaningful things I could do with my life. And you can hear mm. my voice got a little bit different there. When I was talking about, I mean, like I know when I listen to this episode, I'm going to hear the difference between my voice when I was talking about being professional and using buzzwords. And then I'm going to hear that it got a little bit tighter talking about my clients. I mean, it's it's right there. The impact is right there. So let's talk about that. Your voice changes as things change, but a lot of times we don't notice. So do you recommend you have tools or tricks for people to just become more aware? I know sometimes meditation works, but how do you get people to start to understand? Because your body knows first, right? Mm. When stuff like that is happening, your body can sense it. Just like you'll you'll notice your heart rate starts to increase when somebody cuts you off or when you cut someone off or something, you see a cop or something, our body feels it. But what do you do? Or how can you mitigate if I know this is going to trigger me in a way or rile me up in a way or make me feel emotional? Um, how do you use that to try to navigate better, smarter? There's plenty of strategies and it really starts with awareness. Um, I think that there's a huge disconnect between body and brain. For so many people, myself included, I spend a lot of my day in a very cerebral place and not thinking about how is my breathing and how is my voice and how is my body moving. And so helping people build that relationship and noticing what does my voice not only sound like right now, but also feel like. And those are two very, very different things. Your voice can sound the way it's always sounded, but what if it feels strained? I have been singing and talking now for, I think, 10 hours straight today. And so my voice might sound like my voice, but God, it does not feel good. And so helping people understand that there's a difference between sounding and feeling and noticing their own patterns. I've noticed that um, in situations that usually rile me up, you mentioned getting cut off in the car, something that really uh, increases my heart rate and makes me nervous is cars beeping and sirens. And I live in Washington, D.C., so that's uh, kind of the whole auditory landscape is beeping and sirens. But I've also discovered this great strategy, and it's really through cause and, uh, not cause and effect, pardon me, trial and error, that you find strategies, and that's why I love working with people to help them find them faster, to deal with these moments that can create tightness and tension. So for example, when I'm walking down the street and a car beeps its horn at another car, my body like gets a shockwave. It really sets me off. But what I discovered is that if I sing the same note 
that the car honk was, it releases that tension from my body immediately. It's like I, it's like it sent that sound into my body. It made me feel anxious. And then by singing that exact same note, I could acknowledge it and let it go and write back out. And so working with strategies like that is in, in a way addressing what's going on around us, interpreting it in the body, and then releasing it back out to the world is a lot of what I teach my clients to do. I love this. This is so good. This is so good. I'm loving this. It's it's because it's like it planted a seed now. Now and what was really cool, and I don't know if I told you this, but when we first started talking, um, we were talking about something and it was the end of 2019. And I told you I had a show and this is and this. And you were like, Oh yeah, that's so cool. And I can send you some people to be on the show. And I was like, Well, what about you? I'd love to have you on the show. And you were like, really? And then you listened and, or you had listened before I said that and you gave me some feedback and it was so cool to hear your feedback about my voice and how it sounded and filler words and this and this. I really, really appreciate that. It was so cool. I just, I geek out on stuff like this, just like I geeked out in the workshop. But um, what I'm noticing is now I, and you mentioned something in that chat and I don't know if it was about like, if I feel tired, if my voice gets tired sometimes, but I had never thought about it. I was like, does my voice, I don't know. I mean, I guess one thing I did notice was that at nighttime, if I record super late, my voice turns into like a sultry, like seductive sex hotline type voice. Like it gets very, <laughs> it gets very different than my daytime voice and my morning voice is different too. And, but I wasn't privy to this before you had said something and and like on that deep of a level, like I knew my voice kind of changed, but when you started saying certain things, I was like, huh. And then I was like, maybe I should look into that more. Or I wonder if it changes more throughout the day. And I wonder why I never asked myself why. So I think the work that you're doing is, is so interesting. And that's just me on an everyday level. I can only imagine the power that would have on somebody who is really struggling, right? And who really needs that support and who really doesn't know where to go and where maybe their voice is keeping them from thriving or keeping them from doing what they need to do on an everyday basis. So I love how your work really has this pretty wide range. So would you say on this wide range, I know you work with kids, but when you work with adults, does it seem to mirror that? There's this wide range of people that you work with, or does it tend to be people who really, really, really need that support to function and to thrive? There's a huge range. Absolutely. Just like when I work with kids, I've got children who are a little bit delayed in talking, who need a little, what I call kick in the butt, to just get their words out, all the way to children whose, you know, their daily routines are significantly impacted by autism spectrum disorder or a rare genetic disorder, who benefit from significant support. And so we have, a, I have a range when I'm working with pediatric clients, just as I have with the adult clients. So people who are coming in because they want coaching on how to reduce the amount of times they say like in a sentence and all the way to those who have experienced significant trauma and want to tackle it from all angles with the help of a psychologist, with the help of medical professionals, as well as someone who is integrating voice and breath and counseling strategies as well. And I think that's what really helps me stay motivated and keeps me motivated to keep learning um, and helps me helps me get up every day and feel so passionate about a, what I do is that 
every day is a little bit different. I could be helping a family with the hardest day of their life, just as I could be helping a woman through the hardest healing day of her life. Or I could be joining a family for a silly excursion to a museum. Unfortunately, not anymore that the museums are closed. But I could be there on someone's happiest or saddest day. And I'm always going to be me there with them. And I feel so lucky that I found a profession where I always feel like myself. It's, um, it's really something I can't put into words. I definitely think that's a gift to be able to love what you do and to be able to be yourself consistently while you're doing it. I don't think a lot of people have that. I know a lot of people are toggling between different versions of themselves. And sometimes it's because, you know, that's just the nature of their job maybe. But I think sometimes it's because they don't know they're doing it. I think sometimes we we do that kind of naturally. We just kind of toggle between different versions of ourselves. And I think to a degree that's fairly common, but I do think it's still a really powerful thing to be able to show up every day authentically as you and to get paid while you're doing things that you love to do. I mean, that's that's the ultimate goal. So yes, I'm excited that you're offering these Google Hangout chats. I'm excited that you're going to be still working with folks, even though we have some sort of roadblocks right now. I do think it's fun that we have this time to navigate life a little bit differently because it makes us, it forces us to be a little bit more creative and, or to be creative in a different way and to show up in a way that maybe we wouldn't think to. I know a lot of yoga studios, I've been getting so many emails about yoga studios doing online classes and streaming their yoga classes, because this is a really good time to do some yoga. And it's not a really good time to just not do anything. I think a lot of us still need to move our bodies. Um, So I think that's really, 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 really cool that you love your job and you're really good at it and you're having fun and you're helping people. So I do want to talk a little bit more about networking and your workshops. So if you were to get the, this amazing space, like the best possible venue, whatever, like the, all that was taken care of, what would your topic be? Would it be titled Larynx Love? And what would you speak on? I think it would be the event that unfortunately got canceled at uh, Femme Fatale. I love the idea of gathering a group of women from all backgrounds in my community to come together and learn what's going on in their bodies. I use a lot of improvisational singing and movement and a lot of silliness. When I work with adults, you can definitely tell that I work with kids because I want I want you guys to feel like big kids. I think a lot of us take ourselves pretty seriously and it's survival to take yourself seriously. And my dream event would be to bring people together into a space where they could get silly enough and smile enough and laugh enough that they can then trust their body to open up and that they can then learn more through breath work and through singing exercises and through learning about harmony And it would be a night of discovery and a night of noticing. I'm all about the word noticing. You know, even if you leave one of my workshops or my sessions and you come away with very few, you know, hard skills, what I really want you to come away from it with is the power of noticing because that's where it all starts. You've definitely given me that for sure. I love it. The power of noticing, it's very close to awareness, I think. Would you say, what would you say are the differences between awareness and noticing, or would you say there are any? 
That is an amazing question. I would say noticing is the start of a relationship and awareness is the maintenance of the relationship. Mm. Okay. I like that. Yeah, I like that. And I I think I agree. I think I agree because awareness is, it's almost like you're expecting it to a degree. Like when I'm aware, I know what to expect. I don't know if that makes any sense. So yoga and meditation, it teaches you to be aware of your body and your breath and your movement and your heart rate and stuff like that. And I find awareness definitely, I feel when I'm being aware and I'm aware of myself and of my body in that moment that I'm expecting a range of things or something within that range, right? Whereas noticing is you're kind of open to not knowing what to expect. Does that make sense? Mm, I like this. I feel like we could go on for a long time about this. Yeah. I don't know. That's what I would say. I don't know. If you feel like you would say something else, please put it in the comment section of this at the networkandspill.com page because you can you can comment on these episodes, which is really fun. But um, okay, so I lost what I was going to say next, but I feel like it was around... Um, Oh no, I lost it. Okay. So that means I got to pivot. Okay. So we were talking about the event that you would hold and I love this event and I totally want to go. So guys, uh, make sure you are following Corinne so that you know what events she's having. She'll typically post them and let you know what's going on around the city, where she's going to be, et cetera. I know I will be at the next event. So if you're in the DC area um, or after the quarantine and the whole social distancing thing, if you're not in the DC area and you want to come here for a change of pace, definitely show up and say hi to us. It'd be so cool to meet some of you all in person, but I love Femme Fatale and the events that they do. And I know I'll do something with them at some point. Really, really, really excited. Those women are so amazing. Um, But I do want to ask you when it comes to networking, this is one of my favorite questions to ask. So when it comes to networking, tell me about a time where networking changed the game for you in your business or in your personal life. Networking is everything in my business. I love any opportunity to connect because I think I feel really lucky in that in my career, I can network with anybody because everybody knows a kid and almost everybody has a larynx. And a lot of people use their voices. Not everyone, but a lot of people. And so what's really fun about networking is that it is a process of noticing as well. It's a process of discovery. And my friends and my, my loved ones always make fun of me that I'm constantly networking with the barista and with the people at the dog park and anyone that I come into contact with because there's a potential relationship and there's opportunities with everyone that you meet. And so I love those chances to notice body language and topics that people bring up. And how can I, how can I pivot that back to not only what I'm doing in the world, but how can I see what you're doing in the world and how can we meet in the middle? That is one of the most exciting experiences. I absolutely love doing it. Um, but now you now you got me thinking, what's one that's really changed the game for me? Oh man, I might need a second to think about that one. <laughs> yeah, think about it. It's um it's so interesting what people end up finding when we think about it. And now I'm excited to listen to this episode back and see where my voice changed because I feel like it changed like a million times because my energy, it's a weird time of day, right? It's like, it's like six, seven o'clock and PM and I'm about to eat dinner 
I had some coffee earlier. I got some sunshine. I went for a walk. So I'm feeling pretty good. And, and yeah, I feel like my energy is just kind of like, it's there. It's, it's, I'm almost at like full throttle here. And you're so calming that I think my body kind of, it, we mirror each other. And so I'm kind of feeling really like vibrant and bubbly, but then you're like super Zen. And I'm like, yes, I love that. I love being around people who have this like super chill vibrational energy about them because it reminds me because sometimes my energies can go from full throttle to just being kind of spazzy. And I like to keep it kind of balanced because it's good. It's good for me to retain that energy. So um, I'm definitely excited to listen to this back. And I wonder if Chris, who's editing this notices, I'm sure he does a lot more. He sees my voice all the time, but I'm excited. And it's something I'm going to look at now more often to seeing I speed up, you know, we naturally speed up when we're excited. Right. And then we slow down. Do you notice any other like types of inflections or speed or cadence or tone when people are communicating? Oh, completely. Uh, I think one of the most obvious ones that we can all notice is a pitch change. So if someone's starting to get really angry and then they start getting higher up because they're getting really upset at you and they just don't want to, and you can see they're just escalating, escalating. And that's because everything's getting tighter. Or when you're really starting to get sad and emotional and things slow down because you see these changes in pitch, in pacing, uh, the tone and the resonance, they're all clues. I mean, the voice gives us so many clues into who people are, what they're feeling in that moment. I mean, there's if you have someone that you're close to in your life and you notice that their voice is a little bit different, it can give you a ton of information before they ever speak a word to you. Mm, that's so true. That's so true. And I think about my mom a lot because she, she's very expressive and she's got a pretty wide range of like pitches that she'll use. And it, it makes me laugh because it's so, it, it's so funny listening to her. And when she gets excited, it goes really high and you can always tell when she's in a good mood because, you know, her voice will or when she's excited about something, her voice will increase like that. So no, that's so cool. Okay. Did you think of anything? I know I'm putting you on the spot. I just, I maybe like the last time. There's, there's so many that have led to such fruitful partnerships and experiences. I think the one that I, I would love to give a shout out to, it's like the best partnership is that when I first started this thing, uh, about a year ago, I started my Instagram just as a place for tips and tricks and speech therapy resources, never thinking it would turn into my my passion and my, my potential full-time career, is that someone reached out on Instagram, uh, is a play space in the DMV area, and they said, hey, we really like your songs. Would you ever be interested in doing a music class with us? And through that experience and being able to partner with them and really start seeing myself as a networker through them, as someone who could ask for what I wanted and create with them. And it was, it was just through me, like being authentic on social media and putting my voice out there, putting a video of me singing a silly song about, I kid you not, an elephant. It was a song about an elephant and they saw something in me. And through that networking moment, 
my, my entire business has been born because someone took a chance on my voice and I will always be grateful to them. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Shout out to them. Who doesn't love elephants, right? <laughs> That's so cool. Okay. I do, I do so, make the best elephant sound ever. Oh. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. All right. It might blow out the speaker. It's okay. <laughs> Pretty impressive. That was perfect. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, that's so fun. Okay. So is there anything that we didn't talk about that's on your heart, on your voice, on your larynx, that's just on your mind that you wanted to, you wanted to say, or that you wanted to touch on? Mm. I mean, the first thing that popped into my mind is that as much as I talk about the voice and words and language, I work with a lot of children uh, who don't use their voices, who are nonverbal, who communicate in so many other ways. And I think very often many people might go a great portion of their lives or their whole lives not knowing a lot about uh, children and people who communicate in different ways. So I really urge anyone listening to this to look into um, other ways of communication. There's, of course, um, sign language. But also learning more about alternative ways of communicating. I help a lot of children communicate on devices that kind of look like iPads. Um, and you can find plenty of examples of that uh, on, my, on my website and also on my Instagram. But there's so much beauty and there's so much possibility in those whose voices we may never hear. And I'd really love to raise awareness for that. A lot of children uh, who have autism spectrum disorder um, or other conditions that prohibit or um, prevent verbal expression or even using the larynx at all have some pretty amazing things to communicate. And so I'm happy to share links with you, Whitney, um, where people can do a little more research into that and learn more. Because as much as I talk about the voice, um, some of the most fulfilling moments of my entire life are with those who use other things to send their messages. I love that you brought that up. That's really cool. And something that I'm sure people don't even really think about, right? When they're not in that space or when they're not around people who express themselves differently, right? Sometimes that awareness of um, people's different ways of, of showing up and communicating it's important. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Now, um, hmm, I feel like we should do like an activity before <laughs> we close. So what can people do if they're listening right now? Maybe they're driving or listening on the treadmill or cleaning. Doing, I like to do this while I'm in the grocery store or doing laundry. What is something that people can do right now to sort of boost themselves or to learn something that they didn't know maybe before they showed up to this podcast episode. I want everyone to give a little bit more credit to the power of humming. <laughs> I used to make fun of my mom growing up because she would walk around the house humming all the time. And now I get it. If you're on the treadmill, if you're folding laundry, I want you to hum on an M sound. And instead of keeping that hum in the back of your mouth or in your throat, I want you to imagine sending that sound straight forward into your lips and feeling your lips vibrate, really feeling that tickle. And just play around with humming. 
because it has a lot of power to contribute to calmness, to self-awareness, and it's a really healthy way of using your voice. So I'm going to just give a plug for humming. And if you want to know more, I guess you got to come to one of my voice sessions. Yeah. I'm on mute, like humming. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was so much fun. Okay. Thank you so much for joining me and for being on the show today. It has been such a pleasure. Yeah, it's fun. It's so fun. Okay. So we're going to do the Q&A, guys. If you have questions, if you want to join, maybe we'll do some humming. You can come to the IG Live that we'll do. I will post about that. And if you want to book a session, if you want to just talk to Karen and see what she's up to, um, if she can help you, if she can help somebody that you know, this is all about you know referrals, networking. Maybe you don't need support, but maybe you know somebody who does. So connect her, tag her, tag a friend on one of her posts, anything, right? Just think about this as you're moving through life. Maybe you don't know somebody now, but who knows? You may know somebody next week. So obviously... I will have all of the information, all of the links, all the, I'll put the book that I was, I'm reading that I was talking about. All that will be in the show notes, networkandspill.com. If you're on here and you really like this episode and you have fun and you like the guests that I bring on because they're phenomenal, you can go to Apple Podcasts and give me a five-star review and say something cute in the little comment box and tell your friends. I mean, this is one of those shows where the more you, you share and you spread the word about the show, the more people hear it and listen and tune in and connections are formed. People's lives change. It's just really, really fun. And it's really cool to do. So I will be back next week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and make sure you hit me up on social media at Network and Spill and at Whitney Danielle Coaching. And don't forget to follow Corinne at crescendo.communication. All right. I'll talk to you guys next time. Cheers.